0: Come on, let's give that to God. Let's lift Him up. Let's magnify the Lord. Mm, Hallelujah. Y'all didn't have to stop a few minutes ago. You were breaking loose. Good things happening, and I think that's what God wants here tonight more than anything. Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord that's so obviously here thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for the glory of God, aren't you? A lot of things that we could think about this week, this month, and count our blessings and say we're thankful for, but I've come to the conclusion that without the presence of the Lord, without His glory, we are nothing, we have nothing, we're going nowhere, but with the presence of the Lord... We can have everything stolen, taken from us, and be in the most desperate of situations. But with the presence of the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Mm. And the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Mm. We're apostolic. We are Pentecostal. We are born again, blood washed, bought with the name. We're not ashamed. And when the presence of God moves in, we recognize that's what it's all about. So pardon us if we put our protocol aside and we just let God be God. Amen. But we recognize the spirit of the Lord. And when he wants to work, we're going to let him. Hallelujah. So I think we need to be unashamed. And determine tonight that whatever we got to do to glorify and magnify him, Lord, we're yours. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. So good to be here with you in this service once again in this magnificent building. I applaud you, your efforts, your determination, amen, and your much sacrifice for what you've done. Thankful for... What we've experienced already in this service. My family and I, we've already had church we come up to be with you by the invitation of your pastor, and uh doesn't take much to get us to Frankfurt. Just just a little whiff of hey, let's go, and we're here. Last time we were here, your pastor spoke a message that is still sticking to me. Cannot get away from it or shake it. Amen. The message about crossing the sea, the boat, and it has stirred and affected me tonight. Pastor Danny began to uh, lead us in worship, and uh, the tremendous swell of God's presence in that in that spirit. I w- hope you realize, and I think you do. I, I hope you do understand the blessing you have in the ministry of this church. It's extraordinary. It's unusual. It's powerfully good. You are blessed, 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 blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. I wonder right now if you'd just put your hands together, lift up your voices, and thank God for what He's done for you.
1: I love you. I To know that Jesus is mine.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell them in your own way right now, would you? Tell them in your own way right now. To me. To me, you are so wonderful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I wrestled a little bit with the Lord. I'm preaching what I am going to attempt to preach. Primarily because... In my limited physical condition tonight, I cannot do what I'm going to talk about in this particular fashion. However, as the music was led so perfectly, segueing from one message to another, I feel like the Lord said, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Not going to argue with him. How about you? So I turn your attention to 1 Chronicles 15. 1 Chronicles 15, 16. Also reading 1 Chronicles 15, 25. Be looking at 2 Samuel 16 or 6 and 14. And 2 Samuel 6 and 20. Amen. God is good, is he not? He's marvelous and wonderful in this place. 1 Chronicles 15, 16 says, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice of with joy. We've done that tonight. Why don't we do that again? Lift up your voice with a shout of triumph. Mm, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout unto God for the victory. Hallelujah. First Chronicles fifteen and twenty-five. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. Ha! Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. Amen. He loves a cheerful giver. If anything that we have asked you to do tonight, you feel is by coercion, I apologize. Amen. In the sense that there is nothing that God wants from you by obligation, but rather we give from the abundance of our soul and our heart. In praise and appreciation for the joy of the Lord. Amen. Second Samuel 6 and 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might mm, 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 mm. David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was girded with a Lennon ephod, 6 and 20 reads, And David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself in the eyes of the handmaidens of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncoverth himself. If I can borrow from the passage we have just read, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might. I want to talk to you tonight for a few short minutes on this topic. I believe in dancing kings. Hallelujah. I believe in dancing kings. We see that David did not uh, end up in this passage that we have given you, in this portion by happenstance. Did not just so happen that he finds himself in this point of ridicule and Persecution by his own household because of his demeanor and his generous worship. This was not a spontaneous thing that happened out of nowhere. When we began to look back over the life of David, you will find that he sang and praised his God when nobody was around when there was nobody watching, when there was nobody that cared about where he was and what he was doing, when he was forgotten, even perhaps forsaken, when he was all alone in the darkness of the night and the heat of the sun, David danced, worshipped, sang, and praised before God in the wilderness with the sheep. We find David As life progresses, taking him as one who would entertain his literal king Saul with the songs that he sang, then life would take him through a course of a myriad of situations. And the Bible tells us that when he ran for his life, he was attached to kings that sought Uh, 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 a decision from him that would lead him down a road from which he could never come. David understood that he was at a crossroads for his life. and The Bible tells us that he feigned himself mad. Yet we would understand that to be interpreted not that David went into a fit of hysteria, but rather David worshipped in that moment. There was no band. There was no backup musician or singer. But David just had him and his God and his dilemma. A God that could not be seen. A, good, a God that was not understood by those who he was with. But it did not matter to David if you understood his God or not. He was going to worship him irregardless of what you or I or anyone thought about it. And David danced with abandon. Amen. Those who were with him did not understand and thought he was just having a mad fit, but rather David worshiped himself out of a desperate situation We find as we go on that uh, David and his mighty men were returning, if you will, from battle. And and when they come home, Ziglag was destroyed. Their households, their families were taken and their possessions were burned to the ground. The Bible tells us that David's own men who had followed him into battle fearlessly Men that were claimed to be mighty. But in this time of grief and sorrow, they did what arose within their emotions. And they sought to kill the one that they thought responsible. And they sought to slay David. But David, the Bible tells us, put on an ephod of the house of God. And the Bible tells us he returned to that source of his strength. And he worshiped God. He encouraged himself. In the Lord. I want you to understand something. This was not something that just spontaneously happened. This was not something that he simply could not help himself. But David's worship was intentional. And David's worship was something that developed along in his relationship with God. You could not separate him and his God and his worship. His God to him, amen, was encapsulated in his demonstration, and David worshiped his God at every opportunity. There were those in the religious community of his day that did not understand this, for David had to call the Levites and the priests out of the fields and occupations which they were not called to. to return to the service of the house. But David said even though the burden of the house of God is no longer on your shoulders, here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship him like we've never worshipped him before. He set before them leaders of songs and leaders of instruments and he taught them how to sing. He taught them how to write songs. But more than anything, he taught them how to worship the Lord with everything that was within him. Hallelujah. David was not establishing himself a choir that would entertain his presence and calm his soul, but David was leading the charge with these men, showing them their purpose, amen, under God, and that was to lead his people in worship. Is there any wonder, is there any wonder why David, when he went after the glory of God, For he said, it's a problem to me when the glory of God is gone. We have the form in the tabernacle outside the city, and it's empty. People go through the motions. People go through mechanical actions, but the glory is departed, it is not there. David said, I tell you what, we're gonna do. We're gonna find the glory and we're gonna bring the glory home. The Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence would dwell, was located. And David said, We're gonna recover it. Would have been one thing to use the logic of men, and so they did by putting it on an ark and, a, and, and trying to cart it home. But they understood they had made a grave, terrible, and even fatal mistake. And so it was the Bible tells us that David went back to the word of God and David got it right where did we mess up where did we make a mistake and the Bible tells us that this time they got it right but David assembled armies not with spears and swords but with tambourines and trumpets and said we're going to bring the glory of God back the way it should be the Bible tells us they put it on the shoulders of men but before the men and after the men there were those who went before and they sang the songs of Zion they came behind them and they sang the songs of Zion they shouted unto God with a voice of triumph the kingdom of Israel heard a sound that they had not for generations as they began to proclaim the glory of the Lord they worshipped him, magnified and glorified him David had a problem. Problem is, he was royalty. By that, there were laws of the land that dictated that people that were common could not come close to him. Because of his regality, that he was to reserve a certain amount of respect. He was to be given a certain measure of dignity, that, that he was to be a spectacle among the common. And so it is we find the source of Michael's angst because when she beheld this procession coming up the avenue, she did not see a, a parting of the waters of the people that would signify her a glorious and gorgeous husband, but rather she just saw a mass of humanity that was dancing and acting in such a berserk way. She could not comprehend it. And it dawned on her the only reason why David would not be called out and select amongst all those people was that he had shed his garments of royalty that he had laid aside his own exaltation and the Bible says he put on a robe or a garment that was common to those countless people that were dancing around the the, the house of God, the things of God and he put on an ephod and the Bible says because of this in other words he could blend in among the maidens. It was not that he was disrespectful respectful in his behavior was not that he had declothed himself in a lewd manner but it was rather because that those who were not allowed to approach a king could come near and dance right beside him because they did not recognize him for who he was. David understood there's only room for one king in this procession. Lift up your gates and allow the king of glory to Come in. David become transparent. David become transparent. David become transparent in his praise. I would to God that we would no longer worry about who's doing what, but from the back to the front, from one side unto the other. Whether you've ever been allowed to hold a microphone or not, whether you've ever been allowed to play an instrument or not, whether you are known in this house or not, I want Wonder what would happen if, when God looked upon this house, He didn't see any big eyes and little U's. He didn't see young or old. He didn't see new or senior. But all He saw, from one side of this house to the other, was a praising people, a dancing generation. Oh Let the king of glory come into this place tonight. Let the glory of God fill this place tonight. Tell him yourself, we need your glory. In your glory, healing happens. In your glory, deliverance comes. In your glory, salvation falls. We need your glory. We want your glory. We don't want anything without your glory. Oh God, we pray tonight in this place. I don't care what you're called to do. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what the name on your office says. Let me tell you, your highest privilege position is to be a worshiper of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hmm. Hallelujah! Board members ought to dance before the Lord. Sunday school teachers ought to dance before the Lord. Preachers ought to dance before the Lord. Hallelujah! 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 I don't care how many money, you how much money you gave to put this building up. Have you danced tonight? I don't care how many hours you gave. Have you danced before the Lord lately? It's about him. It's always been, it always will be. Let us dance, let us shout, let us sing before him. How long has it been since your children saw you dance? How long has it been since your grandchildren saw you dance? Come on, we're teaching a generation something. Hallelujah. Can we talk about this for just a couple of more minutes? Historians tell us of these people of which we're talking. Dancing at their festivals would resemble what we call folk dancing today. Often coordinated movements of a group of dancers. I'll tell you what Pentecost sometimes has been. If you'll sing that song a few more times, as I hold the back of my pew with my knuckles white, until I can't take it anymore, I might lose control and dance. Do you understand that David taught them how to dance? I'm going to blow your mind a little bit, but David had dance classes. We're going to bring this thing home, but before we do, this is how you play a trumpet. This is how you sing a song. This is how you dance before the Lord. So I don't believe in that. Well, shame on you. Brother Jordan, I was a lot younger a lot thinner, even had hair. When I preached when I was young, I think my feet moved just as fast as my mouth. I preached at a church where an older older gentleman came forward and he said, son, I've been in church for 70-some years and I've watched you with a jealousy because I've never danced before the Lord. And I wish I could dance like you do. And I looked at that gentleman and I said, well, it's real easy. Take my hands. And we stood there in the front of that church. I said, pick up one foot, then the next Whole church stopped what they're doing and watched. I said, It's that easy. He said, I want to. I said, Let's do it together. And we did it one foot, next foot, one foot, next foot. Till a few minutes later, 70 some years in church and had never danced before. But we began to dance from one side of that church to the other. Tears of joy. We had a gentleman come to our church of an oriental descent. David Matsuoka was a very, very cultured gentleman, very intellectual, very educated. But uh, emotionalism was not something that he was used to. And David, with tears one service, I was probably yet in my teens, but David said, I wish I could do what I see you do. I took David by the hand said, David, we're going to dance tonight. And with all of his proper air, I watched as that man bust out of a bubble that he had been taught, this is how you behave. And I watched him dance before the Lord from one end of our church to the other. What I'm trying to tell you, it doesn't matter what your personality type, it doesn't matter your natural demeanor, it doesn't matter your age, because the Bible says we are new creatures in Christ. The shyest person in this house can dance before God because it's not about you and it's not about me, but it's about the one we're glorifying. At other times, they said the dances. It more resemble a ballet or a scene or drama where it was acted out. Single or lone dancers would do a whirling or squatting or a leaping, hopping type of dance. It would be similar to something we would see in a gymnastic type of routine. In religious context, not only in the Israeli community, the Jewish community, but even in the pagans, that in religious celebrations, it would not just be the professional or the trained dancers that would dance, but the priest and the common people as well would begin to join them. Historians say that there was even a monumental occasion where at one event, even a Hittite queen joined the masses and began to dance. But here's what the historians tell us, that searching through the annals of history, there are no known examples of dancing kings. Didn't matter what was going on, what was happening. The king was to sit up on his throne Hold his pious perch and just watch. But I'm thankful tonight. I believe in dancing kings. For Revelation 1 and 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us From our sins in his very own blood and hath made us, hath made us, has made you and I kings and priests unto God his Father. Woo! Ah, let me tell the historians. We who have been redeemed unto our Father, washed by his blood, cleansed by his power, and called by his name are dancing kings. And somebody needs to tell the history books that we've been dancing for a long time. Woo! I believe in dancing keys. alcoholics I don't see addicts I don't see people who have been involved in the perverse but I see people who have been made kings and priests under their God doesn't matter where you come from doesn't matter where you've been through the blood through the blood through the blood we're dancing kings tonight Response, I don't even have a semblance of a sermon tonight. Let me cut through a bunch of stuff and just bring us to one more point. Because there's some that would still say, that's just emotionalism. Some would say we get whipped up into a frenzy. But I'm going to give you for just a quick moment, there's a reason why we dance. It's not about me, it's not about you or any person's opinion, but the Word of God that is forever settled says in Psalm 149 and 1, praise ye the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Verse 3 says, let them Praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbre on harp. And so many times we say, Praise him in the dance. There's nothing wrong with that. But the psalmist said, Let me tell you how we praise his name. Mmm. can I I say something like this that the Bible tells us every once in a while we have lost our first love we need to go back and do our first works over again I understand repentance we all repent daily I hope to goodness you crucify the flesh and crawl, crawl upon an altar of sacrifice and surrender your life daily to the Lord we can do that easily we don't go back to a watery grave of baptism and walk back down in and, and be plunged under its surface in the name of Jesus. But to do our first works over, we have to prioritize the name of Jesus above all other things. I, I didn't make the connection, but the psalmist said there's something about dancing that honors not just the king but the name of a king. There's something about putting the desires and the whims and the wants of my flesh aside that says I'm going to pick my feet up and dance here before him whether I feel like it or not whether I want to or not Amen. Just as I surrendered and died out and went into a watery grave of baptism in the saving name of Jesus, when I dance before the Lord, I am lifted. In the name of Jesus above my problems above my troubles above my situation above my flesh its wants and desires and I tell it you don't get what you want but Jesus does every time to Moses, he was the I am that I am. To Jeremiah, he was the Lord our righteousness. To David, he was the great shepherd. And Ezekiel, he was the wheel in the middle of the wheel. To Isaiah, he was wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the prince of peace. But to me, his name is Jesus, for he saved me from my sin. The Bible said, let the Redeemed of the Lord say so. I exalt the precious, priceless, matchless name of Jesus. Every time I get out in an aisle, every time I begin to dance unto the Lord. Let me clarify. You ain't dancing because of the beat. You ain't dancing because you like the song or don't. We do it because of the name. Oh, dear Lord of mercy. Pastor, you're going to have to fix up all the messes I made tonight. My whole great, great granny Maybe greater than that. Was in the house. Some of her granddaughters put on some worldly bebop music. My parents were old. I'm going back 50s, 40s, 50s. And they put on some twist and shout. They were getting their groove on suddenly out of her bedroom, out of the closed door, here comes Granny. And she's getting with it too. And they laughed and had themselves a time for a minute. Then they got convicted. Look at Granny. She's dancing to old swivel hips and doesn't even know it. They turned the music off and got her attention. Said Granny, "We're sorry." She kind of come to herself and said, "What are you talking about? What are you sorry for?" We're sorry because we were playing worldly music. You thought we were playing church music, and you've been dancing to the devil music. She looked at him and said, "Sweetheart, thank you for your honesty, but I wasn't dancing to anybody's music. I've been in the presence of the Lord." I had myself a prayer meeting. I got down beside the bed and I began to talk to Jesus, but I couldn't stay on my knees very long. I began to dance in the spirit, but my room got a little small, so I came out to the living room. You don't have to have a band. You don't have to have a beat. You don't have to have a rhythm. All you got to have is a name above all names. I wonder what would happen if we would shut down the drums, shut down the keyboards nothing wrong with them. David said praise on them. But some of you wouldn't know how to dance without a beat if you had to. But I wonder what would happen if somebody would get a fresh view of the cross tonight. Somebody would get a fresh hold of that precious name and let the Lord know I can dance all by myself. I can dance in a prayer closet. I can dance when the church is full. I can dance when there ain't nobody around because I've been bought with the blood. I've been sanctified by your spirit. I got the name of Jesus applied to my life and to the skeptic and doubter and questioner. This is why I dance because I'm not who I used to be. (laughs) He saved me. He found me. He redeemed me. He turned my life around. I will dance. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on. If you've never danced before, it's easy. Just pick one foot up, put it down. Pick the other foot up, put it down. You can do it, young and old, newer, senior. You can do it before the Lord. Dance before the Lord with everything that is within you. Dance before the Lord with everything that is within you. Is why I dance. It's who I'm dancing for. It's who I'm dancing with. I was a pauper. I was a beggar. I was lonely. I was hungry. But I'm a king. He's the king of kings. He has made me a king. Can I give you one more reason? Can I give you one more reason why you ought to dance like you never danced before? My mom would almost be 90 years old today. When she was growing up in the city of Muncie, Indiana, down the street from her house was a church, Brother Jordan, that was not apostolic and it was not Pentecostal. But it was a major denomination that anyone would recognize if I gave its name. That's not the purpose. But she, before her family was ever introduced to Pentecost, would go down to this little church, and it's still there. I could take you to it. And she would watch them have church because they said they used to shout and dance until their fancy hairdos came down till they kicked their shoes off and bobby pins flew all over the church. That same church and denomination in my city has been the largest church in our town but is about to shut down because ain't nobody going there no more. They have made fun of tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled behavior for for decades. When my mom was a child, they had and did what we do. Fast forward several years to uh, several years ago, I was doing a job in a house. A gentleman introduced himself to me, we made the connection that we were both in the ministry. He was the pastor, of the second largest church in the city of Indianapolis. It was this same denomination, and he said so. You're the ones that speak in tongues, Yes, sir. You're the ones that stand up and clap and sing, yes, sir. You're the ones that live a life of outward holiness, yes, sir. You're the ones that dance and act in a demonstrative way, yes, sir. He said, so were we. But he said, we lost it. And he said, I am an official with our organization. I am here on an assignment to revive this church. But he said, even at our international level, we are watching the Pentecostals because you have what all of us had or were going toward, and we have lost something, and you have kept it. And he said then, we meet a select group of leaders within our church in my office and we're having prayer meetings for the infilling of the Holy Ghost and we're asking God for a book of Acts experience in our church. But he said, we had it, we lost it, but you've kept it. And he said, all I'm saying is the whole world is watching you. Don't lose because we want it back. I've said a lot about regardless of, but we need a new generation that doesn't just do the concert hop, but we need some people that know how to dance before the Lord. In a way that this world is watching for something that is real, genuine, spirit-led, and God-honoring. I'm telling you, if you don't have any other reason why, when they watch, not everybody's mocking, not everybody's a Michael, and not everybody's making fun. But there is a curious generation that says, I want something real. And when you dance before your God, you let it be known, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. So if for no other reason, worship Him because there's others that are watching that one watch.